Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, I hope you have a wonderful week, and let's get into it. Starting off with security news, San Francisco is trying to get access to private citizens' surveillance cameras, like their ring cameras, doorbell cameras, stuff like that. What's not super clear from the proposed law, which is in draft form right now, or the analysis so far of the draft, is whether they're asking for that access or requiring it. I'm pretty sure they're just asking for it. Seems like it would be way too much to actually require it. So I think this is actually less draconian than most people are making it out to be. But it is smart to ask what they might see and what they might do with what they see especially when you don't know who's going to be in charge of the government in the future or now for that matter. Proofpoint says APT actors from China, North Korea, Iran, Turkey, and other countries are targeting and posing as journalists. They're going after email accounts, social media accounts, and even posing and pretending to be journalists to get inside of these big media companies to go after non-public information. And this seems to be part of the reason that Apple came out with their new lockdown mode to protect people who are often targeted, which includes journalists as target number one. TikTok's head of security, Roland Claudier, is stepping down at the beginning of September. This comes as TikTok faces heavy scrutiny for how much data it has on Americans, combined with the fact that it's accessible by China. There are plans to move all the data to Oracle on U.S. servers, but multiple whistleblowers have indicated that China can still see U.S. data. Benchmark your cloud security in minutes with Jupyter One. See how your configuration compares against CIS Foundation benchmarks in just a few clicks. Once your cloud provider is integrated with the Jupyter One platform, Jupyter One analyzes your configuration against its CIS foundational benchmarks giving you greater understanding of how to improve your configuration and security posture. Get started with your free account today at jupiterone.com slash unsupervised learning. That's jupiterone.com slash unsupervised learning. The US DHS says Log4j will remain endemic for 10 years or more, meaning it will spread everywhere and resurface constantly. What that really means for organizations is that you have to keep scanning for it and you have to keep patching it. It's just going to be around for a long time. There's a new virus in Tanzania that's killed three out of the 12 people that it's infected. Authorities are currently investigating, but they say it's not Ebola or Marburg, which are two viruses common for the region. And that combined with BA5 and the rise of monkeypox has me rethinking the whole Vegas security conference thing. Not that I'm overly concerned about any one of these particular ailments, but yeah, it just seems like prime time to uh, stay home and chill out and stay away from people. 
I don't know. I really want to go do these talks though, which I'll talk about in a second. Vulnerabilities, Juniper issues, multiple patches, and CISA has advised people to update. These are up to critical with complete system takeover. And SAP has some vulnerabilities in its Business One product rated at multiple highs. And Bishop Fox has raised $75 million to continue doing offensive security. Technology news, TikTok takes over YouTube. Kids and teens are now watching more TikTok than YouTube. And I am one of those people. Human news, the web telescope images were released last week. And there's a website here that lets you compare images of the same objects taken from the Hubble versus those taken with the web. And I mean, it is stark. And this website is really good at showing off the differences. Kind of makes me feel bad for Hubble. Like it's just totally disrespected. Like it's, you know, yesterday's news or whatever. But I say to Hubble, thank you for your service. And you're still awesome. Just because there's a better camera around doesn't mean existing good cameras aren't awesome. The U.S. now has a new mental health hotline that can be accessed by dialing 988. The service launched Saturday, and it's now renamed the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, as opposed to Suicide Prevention Hotline, and it runs 24-7. India will soon pass China in population. The estimates are sometime in 2023, and it already has 1.4 billion people. China actually has a demographic disaster, which I only recently learned about. Basically, like a lot of other developed countries, there are too many old people and not enough young people having kids. And there are some new leaks or estimates coming out of China in various forms, saying that in 2050, they're estimated to have only 600 to 700 million people, which is like half of what they currently have. Content ideas and analysis. So you want to start a blog. So I recommend to everyone that they have a blog and especially people I talk to about consulting and career paths and all that kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of people have asked recently, how do I get started? Not sure why that is, but it seems to be a popular topic right now. Kind of similar to podcasting like a year ago, a year and a half ago. But if you're thinking about making the move, definitely check out this piece that I wrote about it. It's got a bunch of different sections and it's called, so you want to start a blog and related to that one. Here's another one that talks about a very specific part of it. In other words, why to do your own blog on your own site. You could use something like ghost or something, but you want to make sure it's your own domain and you're not writing on something like medium or even WordPress or Really anything that is like trying to sell you something to get your content and they're going to make money off your content. You don't, you don't want that. You want the only money that they're making off of you to be the service fees that you give them to host your site, right? So that applies to ghost. It applies to self-hosted stuff like that. Just make sure you have your own domain and all the writing that you're doing, you're the one getting the benefits and you control the audience. You do not want to be at the mercy of someone like medium when they decide to go ad crazy, just destroy their finances and, you know, go belly up. 
in like two years or five years or 10 years, however long it takes, if it hasn't already happened. I've, I've just seen this happen. I've been blogging since 1999. So I've seen this happen like literally seven times. And uh, it feels like a hundred times. Anyway, control your own domain and follow what I talk about here in this uh, So You Want to Start a Blog piece. That is my advice, but ping me if you want some extra. Next one here, do plus share. So read this article recently called Publishing Your Own Work Increases Your Luck. This plays right into the previous one, right? This is why you want to be blogging. Talks about how you improve your chances of being discovered by one, doing better work, and two, talking about it. Highly intuitive, but I really do see that as really simple and really true. And it's why I advocate to everyone to start a blog, like we were just talking about. It also reminds me of Don't Trust Your Gut, a book I just read that talks about successful people and what they have in common. It was, it was talking about specifically artists. And it's like, do you just sit inside your home and make piece after piece and you invite people over to look at them or whatever? But it's like, how many people see that art in the course of a week or a year? What it basically talked about is the people who succeed and they get picked up by a gallery or whatever it is, museum or something, they are the ones getting out there. They're constantly submitting to different galleries and different places for people to see their stuff. And they usually fail. And this is a theme we've talked about so many times in the last year. You're going to fail most of the time, but sometimes you're going to get a win. And those wins usually lead to other wins. So basically, it's talking about how it doesn't matter how good your art is at some point. Like Picasso, most of his stuff flopped. And he only had a few good pieces or at least pieces that people loved. But he just kept grinding. And that's kind of a universal theme here is like grinding really matters. And grinding, not only doing the work and doing work to make your work better, but getting it visible. Otherwise, you can't get noticed if, if it's not visible. So... Really important here. I think it applies to growing a career these days. I think it applies definitely to anything creative. Got to get out there. Notes. Upgraded my home computer from a Mac Pro to Apple Silicon this week. Going with an M1 Mac system. Night and day faster than my Mac Pro, which should actually beat it on paper, but the architecture upgrade of this M1 stuff is just crazy with the system on a chip stuff. This thing pops. Everything is nearly instantaneous. And things that were taking me 10 minutes in my old system are taking me like 10 seconds now. Although that one could be a misconfiguration problem. So investigating that one. But absolutely love it. Got a link here to the M1 Max stuff. And I've got a 5-foot version of the new web image of the Carina Nebula on the way. This is on one of my favorite companies. I think it's Fine Art Online or something like that is the name of the service. But they print these um, metal prints that are like fairly thin. They sit off the wall a little bit and they just look fantastic. So I took a 175 megabyte version of the Carina Nebula picture taken with the new web telescope. And I uploaded that and that's what they're using to create this thing. So it should be super crisp and clear. Can't wait to see it. 
and I'm getting excited about my upcoming talk on vulnerability management. I've shown a few close friends the content, and they've had positive things to say. I've got a second shorter talk in the works that I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, but Recon Village said they didn't want to do it because I talk about project discovery tools. And they said the reason is because project discovery also has a commercial tool, but they don't realize there are so many tools that they have. They're open source. They're keeping them open source and their product doesn't even necessarily use those tools. So it's ridiculous. And plus everyone has a commercial tool right now. I've got one. All my friends have one. I mean, of course they have a commercial tool. It's like, what else are you doing? Anyway, I'll be doing the talk elsewhere lots of other places, and I will put it up on the site as well. Discovery. Using Dolly well. It all comes down to creating great prompts. And I've got a friend who actually works at the company, and um, he actually sent me this thing as well, but we've been talking about it over the last few weeks. And it really is uh, the most important thing for making really cool Dolly 2 images, or really Dolly images, period. You've got to give a prompt that matches the training data. So the better you understand the training data, the better you understand everything. And this PDF is fantastic. It's a basically a piece of documentation, but it's done in a very artful way that describes how to build prompts really well. It's a must-see if you're into this stuff. Really enjoying the writing of this new guy I found called Freddie DeBoer. His writing is clear and courageous. And he's both a Marxist and anti-woke. How can you be anti-woke and a Marxist at the same time? Read this guy and you'll find out. Basically, that combination of being courageous and, you know, anti-extreme left, but also a communist, or at least a Marxist, he, he does differentiate between the two. All that really just makes his writing really pop. The MITRE ATT&CK matrix for Kubernetes is a knowledge base of techniques and tactics indexed and broken down into detail the exact steps and methods attackers use to infiltrate the Kubernetes cluster. Pretty cool write-up here. A razor, in quotes, is a rule of thumb that simplifies decision-making. And here's a great set of these by my favorite Twitter thread creator, Sahil Bloom. How to untangle headphone cables? Shake and pull gently is evidently the best algorithm. Shake and pull gently. If you're into science and specifically astrophysics, you should follow Dr. Becky. I watched her reactions to the web images and it was absolutely wonderful been watching more of her stuff ever since. I'm going to stay tuned to her basically because more images are supposed to come out in a day or two. And uh, I just love seeing people excited by science the way she is. I think she's over at Oxford. Very cool stuff. Amazon Guard Duty has incorporated new machine learning techniques that are highly effective at detecting anomalous access to data stored in Amazon Simple Storage Service S3. This is cool because it's hard to know what's malicious or not, especially when you have thousands upon thousands of reads or millions of reads and writes and actions. So AI is helpful with that. 
If you want to go all in on the whole mask situation, there's a helmet with four HEPA filters and two fans. So I think, I think the filters are down by your neck. So it goes over your head, clicks onto your neck and at your neck, there's four different HEPA filters and two fans. So you just sit inside this thing and breathe and it, Evidently, it doesn't fog up on the inside. So, I don't know. Obviously, it'd be weird to just go have a sandwich with this thing. First of all, you can't eat through it. Um, that wouldn't work. But it would just be weird in public. But if you're on an airplane with a bunch of people you don't care about, um, like if you, you don't care if they think you look silly and you're really worried about this thing, I haven't tested the efficacy. I, I assume someone has, but um, yeah. I think it's just kind of cool to walk around with a giant bubble on your head, especially if it works. I've got a Mars sunset as an art piece, also on a metal print on my wall. And uh, someone just posted this picture to Twitter as well. It's, it's a blue background. I'm not sure how natural that was or if that was augmented, but it's just like a hillside with a blue sky. And you see this tiny little dot, and that's the sun. Just blows my mind that this is a sunset on another planet. Ordered two of these flow masks on recommendation from Leslie Carhart, who is also known as Hacks for Pancakes. She put out a thing basically saying she loved these masks. And I've been looking at some different ones and better ones. So got a couple of those to try out. Freddie DeBoer's long-form argument that academic outcomes are largely set and immutable. A little bit depressing. Autoregex, a website that gives a prompt to GBT3 and spits out a regex. So you literally tell it, it's wrapped around a website, so you're not actually on a GPT-3 command line, but it passes it back through the API. But anyway, you describe, oh, I want seven a maximum of seven uh, characters I want, you know, uh, uppercase and lowercase and special characters or whatever. And it'll give you a regex. This is GPT-3 writing it for you. It's crazy. IP info CLI. IP info is already awesome when used with curl. So I usually use it with curl, but it's even more awesome with a dedicated CLI. And uh, this one also installs grep IP, PRIPs, CIDR to range, range to IP, and RAND IP. Subdomain discovery with Affinis. It uses a recurrent neural network to find subdomains or guess subdomains, really. And NABU, a very fast port scanner focused on CLI piping as part of a tool chain. And this will be featured in my talk about project discovery tools. And essentially the talk is going to go like this. Here is a GitHub repo with a bunch of tools from this one company. And look, I can piece together all their free stuff and make a basic attack service monitoring system using nothing but their tools and like a $5 server without paying any money. It's like crazy. Well, except for the $5, which isn't very much. So, that's the idea for the talk, and Nabu will be one of the tools. Recommendation for the week. 
try to stay vigilant on the COVID front. BA5 is bypassing both vaccines and previous infection. And most analysis says you get progressively worse long-term effects if you get it multiple times. So I know it sucks, but try to remain cautious. Maybe consider getting a CO2 sensor, like I talked about last week on the show, to serve as a proxy for air quality and circulation. And just try to stay in better circulated places if you're with people that you don't know where they've been. I know it's crazy, but that's my recommendation. And the aphorism for the week. Nothing is so dangerous as being too modern. One is apt to grow old-fashioned quite suddenly. Nothing is so dangerous as being too modern. One is apt to grow old-fashioned quite suddenly. Oscar Wilde. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie, with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.